0: Just a short reading uh, this morning, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, reading the first uh, 11 verses, if you're using a pew Bible, it's on page 1180, page 1180, Philippians chapter 2, and beginning at verse 1. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, even, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. May the Lord bless to each and every one of us the reading and hearing of his precious word in his pre-incarnation that is before Jesus came into this world he eternally pre-existed as the son of God and as God having a divine nature he is unchangeable he cannot increase or decrease diminish in any way so that that is his pre-incarnation before coming into this world the lord jesus the son of god existed eternally then in his incarnation that is when he came into this world he lived here as a man having a human nature, and his incarnation was part of what is called his humiliation, his humiliation in his humiliation he came into this world as a servant. do you remember he said that he came to not to to be served but to serve he came into this world to be a servant so the Son of God who existed forever before coming into this world, he came into this world to be a servant. And that's described under the this term humiliation. In the shorter catechism, maybe you've reached uh, question and answer uh, number twenty-seven, the Westminster Shorter Catechism uh, twenty-seven sums up his humiliation. Christ Humiliation consisted in his being born that is his incarnation coming into this world and that in a low condition he didn't come into a palace came to be born in a stable he came to serve made under the law he had to keep the law of God undergoing the miseries of this life the wrath of god and the cursed death of the cross in being buried and continuing under the power of death for a time and the catechism question says our answer says that all of these things are his humiliation he was humiliated coming into this world but that humiliation was temporary. It began with his birth and it ended with his burial. And it can never be repeated. Although some imagine that they put him to death again and again, they re-sacrifice him again and again on an altar. But that's not what we're told by the scriptures. His, his death, his sacrifice, his death, Never to be repeated. It was temporary. But then the catechism goes on to tell us what happens next. And what happens next is permanent. 28. 28 sums up his exaltation. His exaltation. We're not going to look at all to do with his exaltation today. But just one aspect of his uh, uh, exaltation. Wherein consists Christ's exaltation? Question 28. Answer, Christ's exaltation consists in his rising, rising again from the dead on the third day, in ascending up into heaven, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and in coming to judge The world at the last day. So there are four things. Four stages involved in Christ's exaltation. His exaltation began when he was raised from the dead. His resurrection. And then his ascension. And it continues on now as he sits at the right hand of God the Father. Directing all things in his kingdom, his advancing kingdom, which will be fully revealed at the end of the world, when he returns at the fourth stage, when he returns in glory with his holy angels to judge the nations and to assign every individual to his or her eternal destiny. So the exaltation of of Jesus... Under this umbrella of the exaltation of Jesus, there are these four stages. First stage, his resurrection. Then, his ascension. Followed by his sitting at the right hand of God. It's also referred to uh, as his session. Um, Some of the children wondered when I put up the title for the, uh, the sermon this morning. It had to go up on YouTube. And they said, the session of Jesus? Um, Well, this is the session of Jesus. His sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And then the final stage, which is yet to come. His return or his second coming at the end. And this morning, I want to focus on that third stage of his exaltation. His session. That is his sitting At the right hand of God the Father. We've just read from Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 11. And part of that reading. uh, Verses 6 to 11. uh, Paul makes clear. That Jesus is exalted. He's exalted. But why was he exalted? Paul tells us. It was because he first humbled himself. First the humiliation, all that was involved in him coming into this world. But then the exaltation, Philippians 2, 6-11. Uh, to 11. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Humiliation, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, humiliation, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory. Of God the Father. This isn't the first place that we read about his session. His exaltation. It was predicted in the Old Testament. Isaiah 52 and 53 tell us that the one who is to come. The anointed one, the Messiah. um, He is going to be a suffering servant. A suffering servant. But then Isaiah 52 and verse 13, he just pinpoints when he says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. So even in the Old Testament, there's the the, the preparation, the, the promise that the one who is going to suffer, he's going to suffer, which the disciples didn't understand at the time. But that suffering was going to lead to exaltation. Having completed his work on earth, Jesus was raised from the dead. He ascended. He was taken up into heaven and was raised to God's right hand where he receives honor and glory and power. Peter tells us this in 1 Peter 1 verse 21. God raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Later on 1 Peter 3 and verse 22. He says Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven. And is at the right hand of God. With angels, authorities and powers having been subjected to him. So resurrection, ascension. The first two stages of his exaltation, but then what we want to focus on here, the session of Jesus. That is his sitting down at God's right hand. The Old Testament predicted that the Messiah would sit, that he would sit at the right hand of God. Our final psalm, Psalm 110, uh, tells us about this, 110 verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And this verse is taken up uh, a number of times in the New Testament. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 13. uh, And the writer applies this verse to Jesus. That he is the one that's being referred to who will sit at the Lord's right hand. Paul also refers to the same verse. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 25. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. When Jesus ascended back to heaven. He received the fulfillment of this promise. In Psalm 110 verse 1. As we we learn from Hebrews 1 and verse 3. Which says after making purification for sin. He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. So when he had completed his work, when he he had completed what he was sent to do, he sat down then at the right hand of the Majesty on high. And his, his welcome back into heaven and into the presence of God and being given a seat at the right hand of God indicates... His fulfillment of the will of the Father. He can sit down because he has accomplished all that the Father sent him to do. His completion of the work of redemption. The Father's acceptance of his offering for sin. His offering as a propitiation to deal with, to remove, to take away the anger of God because of our sins. He sat down, but he sits down in the place of greatest honor. The work of salvation completed. we should take that to heart. That he has done it. And he has done it all. He has done all that is required to make us a child of God. That we too can share in eternity with him. We can't add anything more. We don't have to fix something or to add something in order that we can join with him. The the work of salvation is complete. We cannot do his work, what he has done, ourselves to benefit to benefit from all that Jesus has done in his life and in his death, his work to save us from our sins, we are called on to simply turn away, to repent of our sins and turn to him in faith. Accepting, simply accepting that he has paid the price on our behalf that he has taken our place suffered in our place died in our place simply accepting it by faith his sitting at God's right hand is a mark of honour and it also indicates that he, he has received all authority over the universe. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 20 to 21, the Apostle Paul says that, that God raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Because of what he has done, because of what he has offered for our sakes, he has been given the place of highest honor. The Apostle Peter says much the same thing in 1 Peter 3 verse 22. Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities and powers having been subjected to him and it's with this authority and power that Christ received from the Father that he then sends and and pours out the Holy Spirit on the church on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 he said that he he was going to, to send Uh, send one, they weren't going to be left on their own. And it's because he is there in the position of authority and power that he does this. Peter indicates this in Acts 2 verse 33. He says, he's speaking about the, the risen Jesus. He says, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he, that is Jesus, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing the session of Jesus he is sitting at God's right hand now it doesn't mean that he's always sitting it's not a fixed position it's his place, the place of honor authority and power but he's not always sitting Acts chapter 5, 55 56, before Stephen is stoned to death, Luke records, but he, speaking about Stephen, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing. I didn't have time to, to just get into that, what the significance of why he stood to appear to Stephen at the point of his death. But Stephen sees him standing as he's being stoned. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man, Jesus, Standing at the right hand of God. Again, on Patmos, uh, his servant John, Revelation 2, verse 1, he says that he, he sees him, he sees him, and he sees him, him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. And what's he doing? Is he sitting? Is he standing? He's actually walking, walking among the seven golden lampstands. Revelation 1 verse 20, John explains that the seven lampstands are the seven churches. They're representatives, representatives of the church in, in every era. So what, he, what he's saying is, Jesus walks among his people. He walks among his church, sitting, standing, walking, He sits on on his royal throne, his position of honour, power, authority. But this sitting, standing and walking indicates to us that he is also engaged with his universe. He's involved with this world. He's involved with his people. The session of Jesus. Then secondly, the significance of the session of Jesus for Jesus himself the significance of his session for Jesus himself on the basis of his perfect obedience Jesus has been exalted to the highest sovereignty, majesty dignity honor and glory he received the glory again that he had had with the father before the world began John 17 verse 5 records his prayer to the father and now father glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed but now now in his exaltation he is also crowned with honour and glory in his human nature the glory before was the glory that he had as the son of God in his eternal pre-existence now in his, because of his exaltation, he is crowned in his human nature. He, Hebrews 2 and verse 9. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. Crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. So that by the grace of God he might taste death. For everyone. Back to Philippians 2 verses 8 and 9, Paul tells us that he was obedient, obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. All things, all things have been made subject to him. Even though we don't yet see that all things are subject to him. But we know that he is reigning and that he will reign as king until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Psalm 110, Hebrews 2 verse 8, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 25. And that will happen at his return when he comes again to judge the living the dead. Jesus reigns, he reigns over his church, he reigns over his universe and he receives the glory due to his reigning. And it's the God-man, the God-man who governs the church, who governs the heaven, who governs the earth. His exaltation begins the actual administration of the power that has been committed to him john calvin on this on on the session of christ he says uh, he was installed in the government of heaven and earth and formally admitted to possession of the administration committed to him and not only admitted for once but to continue until he descend in judgment all authority honor power Government belongs to him until he comes again. The risen, ascended, exalted God-man, Jesus, continues a life of constant activity. The exalted Christ continues to work. The work that he began here on earth. But there's a great difference between the work that he accomplished and he completed on earth to the the work that he is doing now in his exaltation, in his session that is in his position of power and honour and glory after his resurrection something very significant happened he's no longer a servant the humiliation was temporary that ended In his exaltation, he's no longer a servant. His work is no longer a sacrifice of obedience. He completed that in his sacrificial death on the cross. There's no re-sacrifice. There's no necessity for him to be sacrificed again. Now, in his work as mediator, it's of a very different kind. He is no longer servant. He is Lord and he is King. His ascension didn't begin a time of rest. At John 5 verse 17 he told his disciples, My father is working until now and I am working. The father is, is, is at work. While he was here on earth he says the father is working. And he says and I'm working. But his His work now in his exaltation is in the light of all that he has accomplished in his work of salvation as he as he applies the fullness of what he has achieved to his church as he applies it to you and to me to his body to his people he is at work on the throne and here's the thing he is at work on the throne today and it's for your benefit And for your blessing. Which leads into. Our third and final. Part. Significance of the session of Jesus. For Jesus. And now the significance of the session of Jesus. For his people. For the believer. The resurrection of Jesus has great significance for all who put their faith in him. For our lives here and now, and for our life to come. His ascension has great significance as well. One day, resurrection, he was raised, and we are promised that we too will be raised to be with him. In the ascension, he was Taken up into heaven, one day we will be taken up to be with him. We will be raised from the dead and we will be taken up. We too will ascend. His session, his sitting at the right hand of the Father, is also significant for us. Because of our union with Christ, because of our connection with Christ through faith, we have a share. We have a share in part in what has been given to him. We have a share in his authority over the universe Even now. And later, we're going to have a fuller share. This is what the Apostle Paul indicates in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. God, he says, God has raised us up. Here it is. Seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus and what's significant is that Paul isn't speaking about something that is yet to come when we die something in the future Paul is speaking about the here and now we are as the people of God raised up with Christ in the heavenly places We are still on earth. We are still here. Christ's session is at God's right hand. He is on the throne. He is in heaven. He is in the place of honour and authority. Paul says here in Ephesians 2.6 that God has made us to sit with him. To sit with Christ. We have been given some measure in the authority that Christ has received. Later on in the letter to the Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, Paul talks about the believer having authority. Authority in the strength of the Lord's might to stand against the devil. It ties in with Ephesians 2.6. Where's this authority come from? Well, it's not ours. It's the share that we have now in part of what has been given to Christ, in in a sense, a, a foretaste of what we will receive in full yet to come. We have authority and the strength of the Lord to stand against the devil, To wrestle against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Paul says, take up the whole armour of God. Because you have more authority and more power through Christ than you're actually aware of, than you have sense of. Withstand the evil day. Stand firm. We know that we can't do that in or of ourselves. It's because of his authority and power. The believer has authority, power, spiritual weapons. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, to destroy strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We need to, to try and get hold of this more than we do, because the the the, the devil has us running round in circles thinking just how weak we are, how pitiful we are, how insignificant we are. But God would remind us of all that is ours in Christ, the power and the authority that is ours in him and through him. The devil is invested in making us feel weak and feeling that we can't cope and that we don't know, we're confused, we don't know which direction to go. That's, he's happy when all that's going on. We, that's where we need to bring our focus And have our attention fixed on Christ. And what is significant for him now is significant for us too. We already have a part share in Christ's authority over the universe. This share will be made more fully ours in the age to come. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 23. Paul says, this is amazing. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world as a believer you will judge the world do you not know that we are to judge angels Hebrews 2 Hebrews 2 verses 5 to 8 now no, it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking it has been t- testified somewhere what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him you made him a little lo- a little for a little while lower than the angels you have crowned him with glory and honor putting everything in subjection under his feet now putting everything in subjection to him he left nothing nothing outside his control at present we do not yet see everything in subjection to him God, God put mankind on earth to subdue it and to rule over it as God's representatives and Adam and Eve blew it. Man didn't fulfill God's purpose, instead he fell into sin. Hebrews 2, the writer is reminding us of God's intention for everything to be in subjection to man. But that hasn't happened yet. But on another occasion I said that when Jesus came into this world, everything that he did, he was acting as our representative. And he was overcoming everything that Adam had failed, where he had failed, what he had failed to do. Jesus, as a man, obeyed God completely. And so he earned the right to rule over creation as a man, fulfilling God's original purpose. And in Hebrews 2, verse 9, But we see him for a little while, was made lower than the angels namely jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of god he might taste death for everyone we see jesus in authority over the universe crowned with glory and honor and he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth the great commission matthew 28 verse 18 god has put all things under his feet made him the head over all things for the church Ephesians 1 verse 22. And what is absolutely amazing. Is that one day. One day. We have God's promise. That we shall reign with him. On his throne. We shall reign with him. On his throne. Revelation 3 verse 21. The one who conquers. I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. As I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. It is God's purpose and it is God's promise that his people should reign over the earth. We see the glory of Christ in his pre-incarnation before he came into this world. The amazing gift of God in his incarnation, then his humiliation, then his crucifixion. We have a, a brief glimpse of his glory in his transfiguration. Then we have the wonder, the wonder of this These four stages of exaltation, the wonder of his resurrection, and then his ascension, and then his session at the right hand of God. And what should really blow our minds and burst our hearts with joy and thankfulness and praise is that it was all for sinners like you. And me. It was all for you. Our salvation is so amazing, but as it says, we see it through at last darkly. We don't realize how much better is yet to come we're really only scratching the surface here today we have been raised up by God from the gutter he has seated us with Christ in the heavenly places already we are here and his purpose in us being here are to be his ambassadors we are to be his representatives. When he sends us out, he always equips. He has given us his authority with power and strength from him. So let us serve him faithfully wherever he has placed us to the glory of his name. Our authority Our authority is and only is in his name. Amen. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity uh, to consider these uh, glorious matters of uh, all that Christ has accomplished uh, in his humiliation uh, for our sakes. Thank you, God, for your uh, approval uh, and your uh, acceptance of all that he did for our sakes. And uh, you have exalted him to the highest position of authority, honor, power, and glory. And the courts of heaven continually ring with that praise uh, and that worship for uh, the Lamb who was slain we pray, our Father, that we would uh, be caught up again with our minds full of these things, uh, that we uh, would have caught a glimpse into the courts of heaven, uh, that we have been reminded um, of what Christ has done for us. And Father, we pray that you would keep us uh, praising him, uh, thanking him, and forever, day by day, moment by moment, keeping our eyes fixed, uh, on Jesus uh, Father we, the devil would want us to uh, make us feel weak uh, to feel useless uh, to, for things to be pointless in what we're doing uh, how we're living Father help us to remember who we are children of the living God brothers and sisters of the one who sits on the throne, who walks through his church, who walks with his people. Father, whatever is making us downcast today, whatever is threatening to crush us, we pray that you would lift up our heads to look to you and to look ahead and to be useful in your service, in the work of the kingdom close with a benediction from Hebrews 8 and 12 now the point in what we are saying is this we have such a high priest one who sits seated at the right hand of the majesty in heaven look to Jesus look to Jesus seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen.